Welcome to the Mojo Maker for Women in Tech podcast, where you will learn career strategies and techniques to help you break down barriers, make more money, and thrive in your tech life at work and at home. Technology has never been more mission critical to our online stay-at-home world, and you are the key to its success. You'll hear from diverse women in tech as well as experts who share both personal and professional strategies so you can transform your work and your workplace from the inside out. I'm Karen Morstel, former Silicon Valley tech leader and serial CISO for iconic brands like AT&T Wireless, Microsoft, and Russell Investments. I hope you will join me in my mission and message of resilience and transformation to make an inclusive and equitable tech industry. If you find this show helpful, please leave us a like and share it. And don't forget to hurry over to createyourleadingedge.com to join innovative and affordable group coaching for women in tech on your terms. And now on to Mojo Maker for Women in Tech. Lynn Dome, the Executive Director of Women in Cybersecurity, or WESIS, is my guest today. Join us as we talk about what moving the needle looks like to improve representation and diversity in the cybersecurity industry. And we talk about the upcoming Moises Conference this September in Colorado. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Mojo Maker for Women in Tech podcast. Today, I have with me a very special guest, Lynn Dome of WISIS. As the executive director of WISIS, Lynn brings more than 20 years of organizational experience to the team. Lynn has long been committed to cybersecurity education and for the last 14 years held active roles in grant-funded programs and nonprofits that assist in providing educational solutions for the cybersecurity workforce. She's passionate about the need for diverse mindsets, skill sets, and perspectives to solve problems that never previously existed. Lynn couldn't be more proud to be surrounded by committed women, male allies, and advocates to bridge the gap in the cybersecurity workforce shortage through WISIS initiatives. Lynn, it is a pleasure to have you here. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Karen, so much for having me today. You've done so much and you've been recognized for the work that you've done, the top 100 women in cybersecurity. You're on the judging panel of IFSEC, if I said that right, Global Influencers Security. And I just, I know that you've got a very broad perspective. And one of the reasons I'm so excited to have you here today is that we can have this conversation about women in the cybersecurity sector now that WISIS has got thousands of members and talk about what you observe, what you see, what are some of the things that you have top of mind that you're hoping to see happen and move the needle as a result of WISIS being such an influential force now for women in this cybersecurity arena. So I just love to kind of tee that up for you. Like what would be your, you know, top thing on your passion list of what it is you want to see happen for women in the industry? 
Well, definitely the top of the list is the gender equality and equity in the cybersecurity workforce. You know, this is, a, a, you know, this is personal. You know, women make up 50% of the population in the cybersecurity workforce. There's a workforce shortage. The careers are thriving. The pay is good. Women can support themselves, support their families, and live passionately in the lives that they love within cybersecurity. So our goal is to create those pathways, you know, and to cultivate the community, to create opportunities to put together initiatives in order for more women to get into cybersecurity education, into cybersecurity careers, but not only that, to work with them on retention, to work with employers on retention, and then from that point, go into advancement. We have a market research partner, Cybersecurity Ventures. They also have Cybercrime Magazine. And they just predicted or forecasted that at the end of 2021, that women will make up 25% of the cybersecurity workforce. So that's a little more positive than what we actually anticipated. I know in 2019, it was roughly stated that women made up between 20 and 24% of the cybersecurity workforce. And then, of course, with the pandemic, McKinsey and Lean In Foundation produced the reports that one out of four women were stepping out of the workforce. And out of those one out of four women, three to the four, Three of the four of them <laughs> stated that it was because of burnout, exhaustion, you know, always tuned in and tapped on to the workforce and having to step out because of all the extra responsibilities from the work from home environment. And so for us to hear that 25% of the women are, are projected to still be in the cybersecurity workforce at the end of this year, that's good. It's good. But we still have a lot of more work to do. And then a recent report also said that only 17% of women are CISOs in the workforce. So there's lots of initiatives out there to be able to, you know, tap into that advancement piece. But we definitely want to continue those conversations and continue creating opportunities to make that happen just a little quicker than what it would normally. Yeah, I'm heartened to hear that there are people who do the research, and I know Steve Morgan of Cybersecurity Ventures is one of them, who sees that we are going to have more women in the cybersecurity workforce. But I'll just tell you from my own experience, as I've been scrolling through, you know, uh, Sales Navigator, and I, one day I decided I was going to search for CISOs in the United States and scanned the number of women. And I don't think we're getting anywhere close to 10% at the moment. I, one out of 10 women, I couldn't even find one out of 10. So I'm, I don't know how we're measuring some of these things. Steve Morgan and I have kind of gone back and forth sometimes on this. And if he's listening to this, we should have another conversation. But what is that growth curve look like? And what are the opportunities? And how are we going to see more representation, not just of women, but women of color and people of color at that CISO level. And so many people are working on that. And it's like you said, it's we've seen a drop off during the pandemic. I think I've seen statistics that said we were set back by 10 years in terms of the numbers of women in the tech sector in general. So maybe cyber is a little better than that. I hope so. But at any rate, we have a lot of work to do, right? Yeah. And so <laughs> part of this has to do with how we are prepping women technically and also professionally in terms of all the soft skills to be ready to step into those leadership roles. Do you see anything in particular that are areas of development and opportunity where we need to focus more? 
Well, yeah. And, you know, just to backtrack a little bit, I want to make sure that I correct myself that the Cybercrime Magazine and Cybersecurity Ventures recently reported that women hold 17% of Fortune 500 CISO positions in 2021. So not all CISO positions, but 17% of Fortune 500. So that's a little bit of progress. It's up 3% from last year. But of course, still lots of work to do considering that women are projected to make up 25% of the cybersecurity workforce by the end of this year. So, But when it comes to the areas of improvement for women in cybersecurity, as a nonprofit, we look at it very holistically and how could we be mindful of our resources, partner with the right people and make opportunities happen. And so... You know, being a nonprofit, we have over 5,000 members. We have representation in 70 countries. We have 37 professional affiliates. And those are like little mini recesses that are out there regionally or with their specialty areas like critical infrastructure or artificial intelligence or within their companies like WESIS, Lockheed Martin. They're out there driving the change that's needed in their regional level as well. So we have 37 of those in Africa, Australia, Canada, India, France, Pakistan, the UK, and all throughout the United States. And then in addition, we have 130 student chapters in Canada, Costa Rica, India, Nigeria, Puerto Rico, and the United States. So we do have this great cultivated community that's driving the change and really bringing a lot of awareness and opportunities out there for women in cybersecurity. But for us as a nonprofit, we look at what type of initiatives can we offer that will bridge that gap. So when you're mentioning soft skills, we did launch a mentor-mentee program, and it was a very soft launch last year in 2020. And we were thrilled that we had 707 mentees and 185 mentors. We developed a 12-month structured framework designed to upskill and up-level women, no matter where they're at in their careers, to prepare them for their next level of advancement. So this curriculum was designed and developed because sometimes what we realized with running previous mentor-mentee programs is that mentors with all the greatest intentions of identifying like, yes, I want to mentor that, you know, I want to, you know, put my hand out and together collectively rise in the workforce with my peers and with women and bring them up to a certain level and then continue to progress even further. But sometimes those mentors that identify with that, they, with all the best intentions, they might not necessarily have the leadership or the coaching or the conversation starting skills to make that relationship deep and develop at a quicker pace in order to make a lot of progress. So the 12-month curriculum kind of reduces those barriers. So we share the information with our mentors and we review that and, and there it allows them to start the conversation. They share those resources with their mentee cohorts. And then by the time they all meet in this cohort setting, they're able to dive right into the conversation and go deeper, faster into the conversation and tackling the challenges at hand because of the resources that we provide. Now, we don't require all our mentors you know, to always focus on those resources. Those resources are there for them if they so need it. Some mentors you know, will just dive right into those cybersecurity conversations, have been doing this for years and feel great. But our goal is to get more actively involved so others can see what they can be and get themselves out there. 
And the cohort setting is really important to us instead of one-on-one sessions. If mentors and mentees choose to meet offline on, you know, with one-on-one, that's great. But the cohort, so we says we're a community of women, allies, and advocates, all with a strong mission and passion to recruit, retain, and advance women in cybersecurity. But we're all about cultivating a community within a community. So like our members can all network and connect together. We have special interest groups like neurodiversity in cybersecurity, Latinas in cybersecurity, military spouses, data privacy. You know, so it's you could join a special interest group, kind of have those niche conversations within that. You could join a professional affiliate, a student chapter. But in the cohort, your cohort, those are then your peers. That's yet another community. You know, they say that striving towards success is the average person has seven mentors in their life. And I thought, my gosh, seven, that's a lot. But Karen, you and I were on this call before the podcast, right before that, and you were mentoring me along the way. So of course, like <laughs> my, you know, the, the people that I, you know, everyone that I engage with, I appreciate and I'm so grateful for that opportunity to have these mentors in our life that we could move forward with a better version of ourselves because of them. Yeah, absolutely. And I totally resonate with the idea of having a cohort as opposed to everything one-on-one. One-on-one is great, but when we do groups together, we not only learn from other people's struggles and victories, we get a chance to share the, the sense that, gosh, we're not alone in this. Like, this is not just our struggle. And I think that's been really helpful. And I say struggle because honestly, so many days really do feel like, gosh, this is overwhelming. There's so much to do. There's people talk about imposter syndrome. Watching other people who are also dealing with that and then overcoming it is, I find, really empowering. Mm -hmm. I love groups. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It kind of reduces the barriers of self-doubt. It makes it very real and raw. I think everyone enters from a more authentic place of consent of, hey, we're all in this together and we're here to learn and share together and learn from a collective experiences. I mean, that's life. That's we're humans on this earth that are going to overcome challenges and become better because of them. And the challenge itself, you know, I always say that comfort and growth don't coexist. If you're feeling uncomfortable where you're at, that's a learning experience, you know, lean into that and what is making you feel uncomfortable and then grow because of that grow, you know, and move forward because of that, that kind of emotion that you have. That's really important. What you just said. I'd love to kind of tee into that a little bit because the idea that this is uncomfortable and you should use that as growth, as both an opportunity and maybe even an incentive to, you know, pick up the challenge and grow into it. I always used to think about My first career was at the Boeing company and my office was on the flight line at Boeing Field, which was amazing for me because I'm an airplane buff. But I got to always watch, you know, the planes take off and they, you know, you, a plane cannot get lift without a headwind. You can't take off on a runway. They always fly into the wind, right? And I thought of that always as a kind of a, a motivator for me is like, wow, there's a lot of headwind here. 
and I'm flying into it all of the time. But that's really what gives you lift. So anyhow, I think there's a a sense I pick up sometimes that it shouldn't have to be this hard. And I'll just... I'm about to write a LinkedIn article, I think, on this because I was on a channel with an, a group of women in the technology sector. And without any attribution, I think one of them basically said that my encouragement to them to assert themselves to, you know, go ahead and fly into the headwind was I was participating in victim-blaming BS. And I was like, wow, that's just a shocker to me. Like, the idea that it has to be easy or that we should exit when the going gets rough. That's what I'm all about, trying to encourage people to stay. And I kind of hear you saying something similar, that we aren't going to have an easy time of it. We have to kind of learn how to get our bearings and, you know, fly into the headwind, right? Yeah, I love that. I love your head. I'm going to have to use that, Karen. I'll give you all <laughs> full credit, but flying into the headwind is it. And, you know, with WESIS, the community is the headwind. And to know that you're not doing this alone, you know, I get goosebumps when I tell the stories of the WESIS community. And I became executive director in October of 2019. I was part of WESIS since 2015. It was just my very first conference was 2018. And now through my executive director capacity, I really hear just a lot of these heartfelt stories. And I get asked to panels from community members that just say, WESIS has made an impact in my life. And I would like to invite you to this company-wide panel so you could share the story of WESIS with others. And during these opportunities that I have to just connect and, you know, network even further with the community. I just hear such incredible, powerful stories. And one of them that sticks out is that young woman, that cybersecurity scholarship, because the WESIS conference, it's a very large cybersecurity conference, women in cybersecurity conference. We sell out in less than a day. And so like for the 2020 conference, we opened up registration at 10 a.m. We were sold out at 5 p.m. at 1,650 attendees. And our wait list is, you know, in the hundreds within hours. But the Regardless of gender, we are the nation's largest cybersecurity conference that has equal representation of students and professionals. And the way that we do that is for every single regular registrant, WESIS issues a female cybersecurity student scholarship. And so that representation is really important for us because we're all learning and growing together. The students are coming, they're presenting the research, they're able to connect with networking and connect and perhaps future employer opportunities and be mentored. And then the professionals are there to learn from the research, to develop professionally at the technical conference itself, and then also have that opportunity to mentor others. So, you know, it's all about encompassing in full circle. And that's why energetically the conference is so positive and light and everyone is like such a breath of fresh air during it because we have these just, you know, in tremendous magnitude of people's experiences and cultures and, you know, backgrounds that are coming and collectively gathering at one event like that. But one of my favorite stories is this woman, she said that she walked into the conference and she got a student scholarship, but she made that her up her mind. She was getting out of cybersecurity. It was isolating. She was alone. She was you know, scared and nervous. And she just, she wasn't into it anymore. That was it. She was just, but she was going to the WESIS conference because out of respect to the conference, you know, uh, you know, leaders that she got the scholarship and she was coming. And as soon as she walked in the door, Dr. Amberine Siraj, her founder, 
came up to her and introduced herself. And she said, hi. And Dr. Siraj just grabbed her by the arm and said, I would like to introduce you to these ladies that have similar interests of yours. And I think you would make a really great connection. And perhaps you could just sit there, you know, at lunchtime and maybe just have conversations further. And with that, that one student that wanted to drop out of cybersecurity stuck with cybersecurity, got incredible job opportunities because of the connection she made of WISA's. And now she's out there in the workforce continuing to share her story with others. So it's all, you can't put a price tag on connecting with the community. Yeah. It makes life so not isolating. It makes you, you know, intuitively just, you know, feel belonging. Yeah. And so... I think that's really important. The headwind, the community is the headwind. Oh, I, I, would, I would actually say that the workplace is the headwind, but WESIS gives you the tailwind. Oh, that's even we, better. Yes. Really what, you know, from what you've described, it's like, I love that so much. And, you know, one of the things I think that's been so tough in the tech sector for growing it with diversity and, you know, having a truly diverse workforce. Some companies have really made some progress there where there's so far to go. And I think that we have a culture that's kind of tough. And what I love about WESIS is the culture there is one of, if I share it, it will grow. It's an abundance mindset. It's a, how do we, if I share my experience and I share my network and I share this with others, I don't have less of something. I'd have more of it. And I've just given it to a bunch of other people who can also share it with others. So it's this growing, growing thing, which I think is showing up in all your numbers and in the way the impact that WESIS is having, as opposed to what's so much of the culture in tech, which is competitive. If I give something to you, I have less. You know, there's this clash of cultures that WESIS is overcoming by modeling, you know, this when Dr. Shiraj brings people together and says, you have shared interests. I think this would be amazing for you. That's very powerful and I think it's kind of a love culture in a way, if you want to call it that, right? Yeah, yeah. I really, I love that you mentioned the abundance mindset. And yes, so, I mean, I, I really think that all those that are involved, you know, we have over 600 WESIS volunteers in a leadership capacity. They all lead and do the good work that they do for the love of others. And we often say when people are coming right into, you know, cybersecurity that sometimes you do it in afraid, like dive right in, take the risk of yourself, you know, take the risk on yourself and dive right in, do it afraid, move forward better because of it, but do it for yourself. And then also do it for the woman that stands next to you mm -hmm. and do it for the parents that raised you and the daughter and nieces and your, you know, trailblaze for the women that are behind you that are going to be going through these steps just themselves and know that you're doing it collectively and wholeheartedly. And that type of, you know, having 600 leaders that are volunteers and devoting their time and commitment and their spare time, and we were all tapped on time, but the amount of work that they do, they do lead with love. And so when you mentioned like a love culture, I really resonates very strongly with me because this truly is a lot of leadership 
with a lot of love. <laughs> yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, I think that shows and how it expands and it's growing and the way that it's affecting people in a positive way, which is really exciting. I honestly think that that is going to crack open the culture that we struggle with. Right. And it'll crack. And what Leonard Cohen says, that's how the light gets in. We just need to, we just need to crack it open. So, yeah. Yeah. So you have a big conference coming up. Is it? Yeah. September. Yes. September 8th through the 10th in Denver, Colorado. So, um, okay. yeah, so your stomping grounds. We're going to be at the Gaylord Rockies over there in uh, actually Aurora, Colorado. And so it's very exciting. Typically, our conference is March, like the second, third or fourth week in March every single year. But like all things of COVID, we flip-flopped it. So we did our virtual career fair in March and we're doing an in-person conference in September. And things are going beautifully with the conference. We have an active amount of participants. Our call for presentations is just incredible. So the program committee is actively working on finalizing all the details of the program. So it's a technical conference. So there's lots of moving pieces. And we've issued all our scholarships and our BIPOC fellowship awards, our veteran fellowship awards, and our faculty lodging grants. All that is done. And so things are moving and shaking. And it's nice to kind of have this event to really look forward to. Oh, no kidding. It's so great that we're finally opening back up again and to have this on the horizon. And it's at the Gaylord, which is an amazing venue, as you know, (laughs) and in probably one of the best parts of the country to be in September. So, yeah. Oh, yes. We're really looking forward to it. And you don't need any trouble, any or any trouble, any help selling tickets because this one's going to. Is it already sold out? No, our open registrations is June twenty eighth. So right now we have registrations, you know, coming in from the scholarships that we've set up and sent out, and then also the registrations from our presenters and everything like that. So we're finalizing those processes, but general registration opens up June twenty eighth. And so, again, back to our model of us having the equal representation of students and professionals, this is a technical conference, so students can't just register to attend. They have to go through the scholarship application process and procedure, and all that is closed right now. However, we do, if any student is listening to this, we do have a wait list for the scholarships. So they could just reach out to info at wesis.org, and, and we would be able to share that information with them. But for all professionals, you know, you know, and their sponsors too are the strong contributors. I mean, we just grew because of all our connections with the companies and communities and organizations that are out there that have strong inclusion and diversity initiatives and take active measures to impact the cybersecurity workforce. So our conference sponsors come for us for two different reasons. One is to to send their teams to the professional development piece of the technical conference. So they want those, and that guarantees those spots there. So when they sponsor WESA's conference, they get a certain amount of set tickets. So that guarantees that their spots are reserved. And then also they get the different exhibitor type of passes as well so that they could send their recruiting, their HR, their talent acquisition team to the exhibitor area so that they could recruit from the student scholarship recipients that are at the event. And then they get the resume booklets and all that good stuff. So, so it's really fun. What a great conference. Mm -hmm. I'm so excited to have it here in Denver and uh, 
yeah, you guys are going to do amazing things. I would love in the little bit of time that we have left together today, I would really like to pivot a little bit. And if you were able to give advice, let's say you've got some young women who have started in the site, they've got their first opportunity in the cybersecurity arena. What advice would you have for them? I'm not putting you on the spot. (laughs) (laughs) There's so much. There's so much advice. Um, Yeah. I I guess anything. Top three. (laughs) The top three is to invest this opportunity in yourself and know that there's thriving, loving career opportunities because of it, where you're going to be happy where you're at in life and cultivate and create the life that you love. But also know that you don't have to do it alone, that even though there's isolation in the cybersecurity workforce, even in the education process, you might be the only female in your classroom that's even interested in this. You might be the only one doing this type of coursework. Know that there's an entire community out there waiting to embrace you. So the network does exist. And there's no reason why any isolation should be happening here. So once you immerse yourself and become a member of WESIS or subscribe to our newsletters or follow us on social media, once you start making those connections, you know, a a lot of opportunities and a lot of pieces of the puzzles just kind of fall into place because the cybersecurity career pathway is very confusing, as you know, Karen, being in it, Mm. you know, there's just like this not clear cut path and you do have to ebb and flow and you do have to be flexible minded and you do have to open yourself up for conversations and, you know, and opportunities where you can network with others that you might not normally consider networking with. Um, So, you know, just to be flexible minded, to dive right in, to know that you have support along the way and to know that you know you know within us we always say together we thrive and this is where we love i mean because we are thriving in cybersecurity coursework we are thriving in cybersecurity careers we are collectively thriving with our course of advancement in cybersecurity careers because we're all putting our energies and working together on this so when one rises we bring someone else up with us And so that's the power of the change that is taking place in the cybersecurity workforce. So we just encourage everyone to be part of the momentum and to keep the momentum shining bright. Great. And how can people who are interested in sponsoring be more involved as mentors and sponsors for helping to spread the love around with, you know, younger women coming up through the workforce? Yes, yeah, so they could just reach out to us at info at wicys.org, W-I-C-Y-S.org, and we'll take the conversation from there. There's whether we have on our website, wicis.org, we have our annual report. It shows the, the trends of the organization. We have overview slide decks that showcases the data and the metrics of the org and the type of initiative, you know the successes of the different initiatives that we've launched and um, just lots of valuable information. And we could take that conversation and help cultivate the type of collaboration that that particular company or organization is seeking that aligns with their, you know, their initiatives in the cybersecurity workforce as well. That's fantastic. I love the way you've brought that all together. And it's no wonder from listening to you why this is so successful. (laughs) 
it's just such a delight and a pleasure to talk with you, Lynn. And I wish you all the best coming up with the conference and activities with OASIS going forward. I, it's a great organization. I belong to it myself. So really encourage people, if you're not already a member, you're a woman in cybersecurity, please check out OASIS, check out the conference, figure out how to get involved. And yeah, you're part of an amazing movement, I think, that's going to help us make sure that there's representation at all levels in this industry. And that'll be a great thing when we get there. Well, thank you, Karen. And I appreciate you and the good work that you're doing to use your voice and leverage it for others and to be the trailblazer out there speaking of this and showcasing this and and working towards it as well yourself with all the good work that you're doing. So thank you for hosting this podcast and hosting so many other great things that you do in the cybersecurity workforce. We couldn't do any of this without the help of individuals like you out there. Yeah, it takes us all, right? It's just all working together and we all want to see it happen. And I'll just, you know, I know what a difference it made for me, for my family and my community to be able to participate in the cybersecurity community. And, you know, that's a highly compensated field. It's always interesting. So highly encourage anyone who's already in it to stay And if it's something that you're interested in, then get in it because it's amazing. Yeah. And with Wesis to give you that lift, right? And momentum, it's just you couldn't have a better formula for success. So, all right. Well, we'll let you get going. I know you've got a really busy schedule and uh, I appreciate you taking the time for being here today. So we'll talk again real soon, Lynn. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, Karen. Have a great day. You too. That's it for today's show. Mojo Maker for Women in Tech podcast is part of the ecosystem of knowledge sharing and affordable group coaching to help reverse the trend of women leaving tech and to help diverse women in male-dominated industries get the visibility, opportunities, and compensation they deserve. Be sure to check out our five-day challenge by visiting us online at createyourleadingedge.com. Like what you hear, subscribe, share, or leave a review wherever you listen to the show. We'll be back again next week. Be well, stay strong, and remember, be an ally. Be an ally.